Hey, welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm on a mission to break down mental health stigma. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love yourself and make peace with your mind, body, and food. I'll share some education, tips, interviews, and tools from my clinical experience so you can improve your mental health. Stay tuned as we change the mental health game and talk all about therapy. What's up, my friends? This is episode 13 of Therapy Thoughts. Tiffany Rowe here. I am your hostess, and this episode is long overdue. This is going to be the consumer guide to counseling. I want to cover the different types of therapists that you will encounter as someone seeking counseling. I want to talk about their qualifications and the differences between them. I want to help you succeed in therapy. So I'm going to give you a couple ideas of how to make the most of it, what to expect your first session. I want to give you the questions to ask therapists as you're shopping around and really speak to the fact that you do kind of have to shop around just because of the way mental health is set up these days. I'm personally trying to change how that's done in my own practice. Um, so this is your consumer's guide. I'm here to answer the frequently asked questions and hopefully empower you to get the right kind of mental health support that you need, y'all. So let's jump into the different types of therapies, um, different types of counseling that you can receive out there. First of all, counseling and coaching are two different things. So from a very straightforward perspective, counseling is a profession that requires a license you have to have at least a master's degree. You have to pass a rigorous test. You have to earn thousands and thousands of hours of supervision and training. You have ongoing checks and balances and requirements to keep you ethical, uh, up to date on research, all that kind of stuff. So counseling is a professional relationship there are policies that keep you safe as a consumer. Um, it's structured. You can have insurance pay for counseling. It's recognized and covered under a lot of insurance plans. Um, so it's a professional relationship. Uh, you make goals. You'll have a treatment plan. Something else you can get in the counseling relationship is receive a diagnosis. You will be assessed for uh, mental health issues. You will receive treatment and receive outcomes. You will be given treatment uh, that's evidence-based, stuff like cognitive behavior therapy. For the sake of time, I'm not going to break down all of those. That's probably an entirely different uh, podcast episode. But I mean, you can hear there's, there's science, there's research, uh, there's relationship and art involved in counseling. Whereas coaching, my point of view is it's a lot less structured. There is no unanimous, uh, internationally recognized or nationally recognized certification or training program uh, that, you know, quote unquote, coaches have to go through. Um, there's lots of different types of certifications you can get, but there's no one unifying requirement in order to claim being a coach. So literally, 
anyone could claim their coach. And maybe I sound a little biased right now. And honestly, I'm not because I think, hey, man, if you're called to it, do it. You know what I'm saying? If uh, you really want to be an empowerment coach or something like that, like right on. Um, So I'm not hating on that, but I do think as consumers, you need to know what you're getting into and seek the right kind of support and help that you want. So coaches don't have all that structure. They don't have to have a master's degree. They don't have to do the tests and the training and the supervision and the thousands and thousands of hours, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I do think if someone's going into being a coach, they're probably really passionate about it. They probably have a gift for it. Uh, they're probably really interested in it and have overcome it themselves. So there are plenty of crappy therapists out there and plenty of really gifted, amazing coaches. Um, so the schooling and all of that doesn't make you good. It does require rigorous study and standards and a commitment that I really respect and I like personally. Um, but I also personally, as a professional counselor, I work with a coach and I have a therapist. So it's kind of like, hey, you find what works for you, but do know uh, what the person offers, you know, what they're training in, what their qualifications are. Um, and I think if you can, you know, find the right mix for you, that's the whole point. We all want to have, you know, our mental health goals achieved. So that's coaching and counseling. Let's talk about the different kinds of therapists. Professionals who are assessing you and treating you um, for any level of mental disorder. That's what I'm talking about when I, when I talk about therapists. Now, what's the difference between a therapist and a counselor? Tit for tat, y'all. It depends on who you ask. If you Google it, really, there's no difference. It's kind of interchangeable. We are going to start with clinical psychologists. These people have a doctoral degree. They have a PhD. It allows them to serve as a scientist, meaning they conduct research on abnormal behavior, as well as serving as a practitioner, someone who's going to do a range of psychological testing and give you a diagnosis and treat people with mental disorders. When I think clinical psychologist, I think these people want to do personality testing and write up uh, psychological evaluations. Um, If you're really interested in the mental health component and the psychological assessment and testing and writing component, um, if you are going into the profession, that would be what would call you being a clinical psychologist. Uh, If you're dealing with more severe mental health conditions and you want a really thorough mental health examination, a clinical psychologist would probably be a good choice for you. They are often trained to work with people with severe behavior problems, and they take like a change-oriented approach. Uh, They really want to change behavior. Now, that's clinical psychologists. They have a PhD, so they've, they've gone to like the most amount of school. A counseling psychologist also has a PhD, but the focus is on less severe populations. And so maybe vocational counseling or marriage and family counseling, um, they're more of a choice-oriented approach. They want to help you make the right choice in your life. So these folks are going to focus specifically on the counseling component and less of the research, uh, the abnormal testing stuff that the clinical psychologists do. Again, still a lot more school. They have that PhD. Um, That's a counseling psychologist. 
You also have psychiatrists all the time. People are like, oh, you're a psychiatrist. I'm absolutely not. Psychiatrists are medical doctors, okay? Psychiatrists are the folks who can prescribe you medication. And so counselors typically refer out to psychiatrists for you to get medication. Um, So they prescribe meds. That's what they do these days. Their training is typically from a very biological perspective, Uh, psychologists and psychiatrists will work together so they can treat the different aspects of mental disorders. They also tend to have training in like Freudian psychoanalysis, um, but they're going to specify if they do that. Usually they're just managing the biology medication stuff. Psychiatric nurses, uh, these, I refer to APRNs, Uh, psychiatric registered nurses and they have specialized training in working with mental disorders and prescribing Um, they're really valuable component of mental health in my opinion now let's break down the master level counselors that's what I am I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling so depending on what state you live in we have different names okay our national identity is a little bit shady because we don't it's it's not like social workers where anywhere you go we have the same name so in utah where i live we're called clinical mental health counselors um in other states we're licensed professional counselors or in other places we're just mental health counselors but the requirements and the training is the same Um, So I want to break down what mental health counselors are all about. Really, we're mini psychologists. My very first supervisor, when I was just finishing up my graduate degree, was a clinical psychologist, and she preferred hiring mental health counselors as the people who worked in her practice because we could do the same types of things she could do. Um, With clinical mental health counseling, we're trained in the testing and the assessment, and the diagnosis. Um, So when I worked for her, I would write the 20-page psychological evaluations for people. I would do the rigorous testing and the Rorschach and all of that stuff to really get a rich assessment and help people understand their psychological makeup. So clinical mental health counselors, we can do all of that. But really, we are interested in mental health, the diagnosis, the assessment, and doing the treatment. And so if you're really wanting to, say, get therapy for an eating disorder or depression or anxiety, um, any mental health concern that you have, a clinical mental health counselor would be a great fit. Uh, We can work with couples and kids and teens and adults and individuals. Uh, Each counselor will let you know kind of their specialization. Another type of counselor who also has a master's degree is a marriage and family therapist. They have a different licensure. They have a different educational requirement. Um, So for my graduate degree, the clinical mental health counselors, we had 60 credits of education. Uh, The marriage and family therapists had 48. Their training is a lot more specialized in working with families and couples, and using a systems theory approach. Again, I'll tackle theory in a whole nother podcast one day. But they, uh, they'll have a master's degree in marriage and family. And really, I often refer 
anyone who wants to do couples counseling or marriage and family counseling to those folks. Um, I currently have a clinical mental health counselor in my practice who does marriage and family, and he's really, really good. So I actually refer to him right now. Another type of counselor is a social worker. Now, not all social workers are counselors, um, but they can be. They have a master's degree as well in social work. They're also licensed. And their role in this profession is traditionally more on like the social and cultural factors of psychopathology, meaning what are all the things linking to this person's functioning? Uh, They work with disadvantaged persons. They work with people with mental disorders in the community. Um, They really help people connect to resources. When I think social workers, I think government, agency, foster care, helping kids in residential programs get unemployment benefits, or how do we improve your quality of life? Um, So social workers have expanded. They're not just working in that community casework identity anymore. A lot of them are now working as well as therapists. Um, So make sure and ask them what their specialty is and what they like to counsel with there's the majority of like the people you're going to run into. So how do you prepare to meet with a counselor? What should you ask them? How do you find them? What's up with the first session? So let me explain a problem with our profession. Um, It's not like people are going to give you a free first session to see if you like them. Right now, you kind of have to just, it's a shot in the dark, dude. So you might find their website and you can kind of scope out what they've presented. Um, A lot of us will provide a 15-minute free consultation on the phone. Um, Some people will allow you to ask them some questions over email, but people don't give you a free first session, right? So it's kind of like I'm going in, I'm investing, and let's see if this works. And a lot of the times it doesn't, and a lot of the times it does. But you have to go in knowing this is a shopping process, I'm hoping that we get better at marketing. Therapists are not marketers, you know, by nature. Um, What I've done with my Instagram is try to show who I am and show my approach to help consumers say, hey, this is the right fit for me. Um, I plan to launch a course to help other therapists learn how to do just that. But right now, one place you can find, you know, a, a biography on a therapist and their specialties is a website called psychologytoday.com. So psychologytoday.com is a advertising website where therapists pay to advertise our services. So you can go to Psychology Today, type in your zip code, type in your insurance carrier. Hey, I want to get therapy for bipolar disorder. And there will you know, be a variety of therapists for you to choose from. So that's one place you can go. Go with your gut. You know, how do they sound? How do their words in the biography feel to you? Does it sound like a good match? Uh, The relationship and the trust with the therapist is crucial. You know, it doesn't matter how fancy our training is or how many certifications we have behind, you know, our name. Um, You got to feel comfortable. You got to trust them. So go with your gut on that. If you can get a free consultation, ask them some questions ahead of time. Oh, what's your fee? Will my insurance cover this? If they don't accept insurance, ask if they'll provide a super bill so that you can seek reimbursement from your insurance. That's what I do in my practice. Um, Ask them if they offer sliding scale fees. You know, 
Do they cater to students or people with multiple dependents? Um, ask them what you should expect in the first session. Ask them what types of assessment procedures that they use. I am a pretty casual um, person in therapy. Um, I kind of go with what the client wants, but I always send the paperwork ahead of time and I say, let us know if you have any questions. So we'll typically go over that. I'll give them a spiel. My first session, I'll say, hey, here's the limitations to confidentiality. Uh, we'll talk about suicide and reporting if that's necessary. Make sure they know like the, the all the policies and procedures. Uh, but then usually I'm just like, so what's on your mind? Like, what brings you here? So typically the therapist and the client negotiate what therapy is going to be about, what role the therapist is going to take. But I want to empower you to ask the therapist, what can I expect with you? Um, ask them what the nature of the type of therapy they do. What kind of limits are there to that? So they may say, hey, I do dialectical behavior therapy. And you're going to have to sign a 52-week contract and it's going to be it's going to be regimented and you have to do a, a journal and you have to sign off and you have to complete these modules. And if you're like, yo, I really don't want that much structure, you should know that before you get in and pay for the initial fee, right? And someone might say, yeah, I totally use DBT. I do it low key. I'll teach you the skills. I'm not going to make you do the diary card and, and the contract commitment. So ask them that. What kind of therapy do you do? What are the limits, structure, homework, stuff like that? Ask them what the procedures regarding confidentiality and informed consent are. So you have the right to know what you're doing with this person. You have the right to know what they're doing, what approach they're taking, uh, what you know training they have. You, you have the right to know their license. And so you don't have to go in blind. You have the right to ask questions and all of that. So a quick note before we jump into making the most of your therapy session. If you love this content and you want to go deeper, head over to mindfulcounselingschool.com where I sell many courses on topics like body image, intuitive eating, self-care, mindfulness, emotional regulation, and perfectionism. And they are one-hour lectures where I break down the need-to-know steps and tools and activities for you to make progress in those areas. Again, check out mindfulcounselingschool.com. Now, let's talk about that first therapy session. So here's my insider tips as a counselor. I have never met someone who came to a therapy session and wasn't totally anxious. People come in and they say, I'm so nervous. Oh my gosh, my anxiety is so bad right now. And so let me just super validate that and comfort you. That is really normal. That's everyone's reaction. I mean, you're stepping into a room to talk to a stranger about stuff that's super personal and super vulnerable. You're about to do some really heavy emotional lifting. So it's totally normal to feel anxious, to feel like your heart pounding, and props, props to you for doing it anyway. Props to you for doing the hard thing. The fact that you're willing to do that, the research really speaks to the outcomes of your therapy will be better because you're going to therapy. The fact that you believe in that process and you're willing to do hard things means you're probably going to reach those goals that you want to have met. So speaking of goals, that's my next tip. Go in with an idea of what you want to talk about. 
And if you have a hundred things you want to talk about, that's okay. What's the most pressing issue? If you have an hour, 45 minutes to 50 minutes to talk to this person, it's going to take time to get everything out there. But the first session, what's the best way to kind of give them a summary? And what is the main thing or few things that are causing you distress? So think about this. What's causing distress in my life? Is anything impairing my functioning? Do I feel like this is way out of whack? And try to give the therapist some context. So you might just go in there and say, things are harder than ever. Or hey, things are really good right now. And both of those scenarios create an environment of me wanting to be here and dig. I want to attack the negative body image. I want to heal my relationship with food. I got to get rid of all this negative thinking. I want to learn how to be more mindful. Whatever it is, go in with kind of the major things you want to address first of all, and then give them some context and trust the therapist to know how to do the job. There's not one way it goes down. So how I show up as a therapist is very dependent upon the person sitting across from me. I tend to match them. And maybe that's the art of doing our job. But if you come in and you're really motivated and direct and you want homework and you're uh, not afraid to jump in, I know as a therapist, I will respond in that way. If you come in and you're timid and scared and fearful and overwhelmed, I'll tend to react in a far more validating, supportive, just kind of like, hey, it's okay way. Um, there's Neither of those are right or wrong. What I want to tell you as a consumer is trust the therapist to know what to do with whatever it is that you bring in. I guess another tip would be... Don't come in with it too structured or too intentional. If you come in and say, I need a 60% reduction in depression by next week, and I need to be producing X, Y, and Z, and this, 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 and this, um, it's good to have goals, so have goals. But if you think it's going to look perfectly an exact way, in a certain way, that might get in the way of the process. I mean, so much of counseling is the back and forth and the messy gray area and trying things out and things going wrong. So have goals, have the things that you really want to address, uh, trust the therapist, build that relationship back and forth, uh, let go of, of the perfect control of the way it's supposed to be and how it's supposed to be. And I think that sets you up. Um, you're welcome to make it as structured or as flexible as you want. Keep a really open dialogue with your therapist. I think my other best tip would be you're hiring them. They work for you. Okay. So if you don't like how things are going, though it may feel uncomfortable, be assertive in saying like, Hey, this feels kind of funky, or this didn't really work for me, or this really bothered me. I mean, if you don't feel safe doing that with your therapist, something's not right in the relationship. Many, 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 many times I've blown it as a therapist. And I'll have clients come back and say, you know what, you said this thing, and it's really like bugged me. And what I feel as their counselor is like super stoked that they're able to tell me that. Because man, if you're able to be assertive and to heal a relationship um, and to mend a breakdown, like that's fabulous. That's what we want. We want those functioning relationships, that positive communication. 
And if your therapist is acting narcissistic and unwilling to admit that they're imperfect and they make mistakes, I would run hella far away. So I think it's so healthy just for the client and the therapist to have that communication back and forth. Um, So if something's bugging you, confront them. You don't have to be a jerk, but you have the right to say, hey man, this feels funky. I don't like this. Let's try something else. I actually don't really like doing homework. Uh, Can we be more direct or less direct? Or here's what I need today. Um, I know when I'm in therapy, I tell my therapist exactly what I need them to do. I say, hey, I just need validation and I just need you to hear me out. Or I'll say, hey, please give me some direction. Is this normal? What do you think of this? Um, So you have the right to ask for what you need, to tell them what isn't working for you. And I think that's how you're going to get the best outcomes in your therapy. And if your therapist just isn't working out for you, please shop on, move on. Don't torture yourself endlessly. Um, Though I believe I'm really good at my job, I am not for everyone. That's for dang sure. So I'm not a good fit for every person who comes into my office. And they'll know it, you'll know it. And so it's okay. It's not personal. Uh, Even clients who I'm like, man, we're such a good fit. If we've been together for too long, like if we've done therapy for like five years, sometimes it's like we're not even really doing therapy anymore. They've kind of start treating me like a friend of pissed. Like we can just chit chat the whole time, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want something different and you feel like you're in a rut with your therapist, move on, dude. It's okay. Um, shop around, find the right person for you at that time in your life. Different therapists will be able to address different things. Um, not every therapist is good at every part of counseling. No therapist should claim they are good at everything or treat everything. Um, every therapist should know their limitations and be comfortable referring you out for different things. So that's my two cents. I hope this consumer's guide uh, comes in handy and helps you as you learn about or step into the counseling world, whether you're a student of counseling or you're trying to think about becoming a counselor or you want counseling. Uh, I, I think this info is a good place to start. So stick around. I'll have more episodes coming up. Um, I'll be launching some new courses this fall, so stay tuned for that. And always, my friends, may you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.